Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. I am super delighted today to be able to talk to the fantastic Sherry McConnell. She is a moda designer. She is an author and does just amazing quilts like all the time. So today I'm going to try to drag some secrets out of her for how we can make more quilts like Sherry does. So uh, Sherry, thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to be here too, Pat. You know, um I I've probably been reading um your articles and everything for I don't know, like maybe as long as you've been writing. I just love uh how you put everything together. You you look like you have so much fun. I, you know, I really do. I love I love what I do. So, um so it it, it is fun. It um it never seems like work to me. So, you know, that's what I think comes through when you write. It's like you're just like, you know, everybody else. You're making quilts except for you also have, you know, have a business. Uh, but it was, you know, it's it's just so refreshing. Um, did you ever think that your quilt making would become this much a part of your life? You know, um, I really didn't. I, I look back and... Um... Well, first of all, I never thought I'd be a quilter. I remember telling my grandmother I was never going to do that. I didn't understand <laughs> why she cut up fabrics and sewed them back together. Um, but then when I started quilting, I, you know, it really wasn't my intention to turn it into a business. It was just like I just wanted to find a way to keep track of what I was doing. And online seemed like the easiest way to do that and my next door neighbor actually showed me how to start my blog, and um, I think she was the only one reading it for a while. <laughs> but um, it, it was easier for me to document what I was doing than than any other way I could think of. So you know, I love that part of it. You write at your your site's called A Quilting Life, which is just like the perfect name. You must have gotten that like so far back. Do you even know how long you've been writing online? Um, yeah, I think about seven years, mm-hmm. and it's so funny because just a couple weeks ago, I found a paper with a list of um, titles that I had thought about for my blog. My neighbor had told me, come up with a few titles in case one is um, already taken, you know, and I mm-hmm. I found this paper, and A Quilting Life was the last one on the list. Oh. And I think the rest of them must have been taken, and I am so glad that they were because <laughs> I really love my blog title. <laughs> oh, it is so perfect. It really, really is perfect. You know, the the really uh, what I really like is that you have taken this, and now you also work with your daughter uh, Chelsea Stratton to design your fabrics. I mean, how did that happen that you two decided to collaborate? You know, that, that that's kind of a funny story, too. Um, Chelsea's room, when she was growing up, is right by my sewing room. And so I would usually, you know, sew late at night after my kids went to bed. And sometimes I'd be so excited that I'd just have to show somebody. And I'd go in, and if I could tell her light was still on, I'd show her what I was working on. And 
she was kind of like mom, you know, like a typical teenager. And I don't think she really thought she'd get involved with this either. Um, you know, she did a couple quilts in high school, but um, when I really started thinking about the opportunity that maybe I wanted to try to do fabric, I, mm-hmm. I, I just knew I had to have her help because she's a terrific artist and, um, and I don't have those talents, but I knew she did. And mm-hmm. so I kind of hesitantly approached her one day and said, what do you think? You know, you've been drawing all over the walls and drawing all over everything since you were a kid. Would you, would you want to try to do this with me? And and she surprised me and said yes right away. So that was that, that was a fun, a fun experience. <laughs> well, I can imagine. I mean, because you've watched her blossom in her art and and to think, wow, you know, that you could work together. How do you do you like do sketches and then Chelsea sort of makes them uh, more fabric like or how does that work? Um, actually, I just kind of tell her what I'm thinking about and, um, she'll just go home and, and just get kind of in this drawing mood and she'll just draw, you know, she has sketchbooks and she'll draw everything by hand first. Um, and then she'll come back and show it to me, you know, and sometimes she'll come back with 20 or 25 different things and, um, and then we'll kind of narrow it down and, you know, I'll like suggest scale changes or mm-hmm. additions and um and and then we do all the colors actually together we just get together and do those but but she does all the artwork you know and I can pretty much just tell her what I'm thinking and she gets it so and and then she puts her own flair to it also mm-hmm. which always makes it better so um so it's it's been really fun that Oh, you know what? I really th- this that's neat because um, you have you both have this trust in each other and you know each other so well that the collaboration is just wonderful. What is the line, the fabric line that's in the stores right now that they could buy? Um, actually, Bright Sun is in stores right now, but Valley is shipping this month, so oh, okay. Um, so both of those will be you know kind of out there very, very soon. So yeah. Um, now not, I want to talk sure a little bit able, about yeah. how you, your sort of your workflow, because you, you, you obviously started making these quilts, you know, for fun. And then you've, you make quilts for other people and you share a lot with, with what you're doing, your patterns and your books, but you know, what is your personal workflow? Cause it looks like you produce a lot of quilts, Sherry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I used to sew, my husband was a firefighter for 25 years, and I used to do most of my sewing when um, when he was gone. You know, he would be gone for 24 hours, and I would re- literally just sew, you know, most of the time he was gone. <laughs> but um, he actually retired last, um, about a year ago, so it's it's been a little bit different. Um, but I still just really, I do try to sew every single day. Even if it's just preparing something for the next day, you know, I I really, um, I just don't feel like my day can be over unless I've done something in my sewing room, so. Now, are you working a lot with like pre-prepping shapes and things so that you can just sit down and sort of 
you know, go through a bunch of it? Do you have like, do you stage your projects like that at all? Um, well, yeah, I try to cut out a lot of things at one time. Um, the other day I actually cut out, you know, I just, the whole day was just going to be a cutting day. I cut out, um, three different quilts and, um, but, but I'm always thinking about the blog too. And so I'm always trying to take pictures, you know, at that Mm -hmm. stage of the process so I can use it later on the blog. Um, but then I'll just go through and, and so, you know, for, you know, if I have a lot of things prepared and ready to go, mm-hmm. I can just sit down and sew. You know, I think that's kind of a key because uh, I've been doing some work recently where I'm cutting like one thing and then I sew that thing. And I was thinking to myself, you know, if I had just sat down and cut all this stuff out at once, um, which I don't mind, right. you know, that's like a whole fun thing in itself. Right. But but it seems like it speeds up or makes it more maybe it makes it more efficient. Um yeah to get to get it organized do you like keep the projects in bins or trays I mean how do you keep track uh so that you can yeah. just go to the machine yeah i do um in fact i just found some great trays at ikea a couple of weeks ago that they were a dollar 99 each and they're um, they're kind of like the big metal baking sheets only they're plastic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have been wonderful. I've been selling quilts for market, and they have been amazing because they're longer, and um, I can cut everything out and just have it on that tray. And um, but I've also used you know plastic storage boxes and even mm-hmm. plastic bags at times. <laughs> so and then also the design boards, you know. So right, so um, you can stack I things up more or less. And yes, yes. Now, you're also, we asked, uh, Jane Davis and I asked you to join us for the Splendid Sampler as a designer because we love your work so much and we're so happy you did that for us. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And I'm so glad you brought that up. I just feel like this has been the most amazing project. I just, um, I didn't even realize, I mean, I was completely honored when you asked me, but I didn't realize how big this would become. And people are just loving these blocks. I get emails all the time. Um, every time I post about, you know, not just the block that I did, but the blocks mm-hmm. that I'm making as I'm sewing along, I just get, you know, people saying thank you for this. So thank you, Pat and Jane. Um, it's been amazing to have this quilt along. Yeah, it's, I think, because we asked so many people, it just has a whole different flavor, and uh, it went out to the world uh, in one great big bang. You know, so you yeah. have you know eighty four people all writing about it at once. <laughs> Made a right. big difference. Yeah, and and I've had fun with it too because the blocks are um, the way you have arranged them. You know, sometimes there's one that's a little bit more time consuming, but the next one might be easier. So I think it's been easy for people to keep up and not get behind. And um, there's a variety of techniques so people can grow their skills. And uh, and it's just been fantastic. I'm really happy that I decided to not just do the block, but to quilt along with everyone. That's been really fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you are too, because your blocks are so nice. We might have to come steal them, you know, if they're missing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you you might check with Jane or I first if they're missing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that might be where they are. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I also want to tell people that uh, to look for your quilt out in the February 2016 issue of American Patchwork and Quilting uh, magazine. Can you just tell me real quick what it's called? Um, It's called Fanfare, and um, there's kind of a neat little story about that quilt. I actually did a little write-up in the magazine about that, but um, a few years ago, my grandmother gave me this, this family quilt that was in terrible terrible shape and um she said i'm just going to give you this nobody else in the family is going to want it and um she said but um but you can have it if you want it and i looked at it and i was really intrigued by the pattern um of course it was made in the 1930s the early 1930s and um without you know all the modern techniques Mm -hmm. that we have and rulers so in some places it was a little difficult to see even what the quilt maker had was trying to do but I took the quilt and I studied it and um, finally I found the design in um, the Barbara Brackman Encyclopedia of Quilt Designs and um, found the exact layout for the blocks even though it was really hard to tell just from looking at the quilt Um, and then I remade it with much larger blocks and using more modern fabrics and um it it's probably one of my favorite quilts ever just because um, my great grandmother my great great grandmother made the same quilt oh, um, wow. but she hand pieced it yeah so that's been a, a great project Sherry, this has been so much fun. I love the story and thank you so much for sewing with us on the Splendid Sampler. Oh, thank you, Pat. I, in fact, I'm making a block today. So Yay! <laughs> when it came out today, I'm going to go make it. <laughs> well, we'll be right back after the break. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Sherry. That was it. I'll write you when it goes um, uh, live, which will be in May. Okay. Boost your sewing skills from start to finish with daily tips from the editors of American Patchwork and Quilting. Visit tips.allpeoplequilt.com for inspiration. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg, Executive Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases and creating smiles. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or many more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You'll create just as many smiles. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com backslash million pillowcases. Quilt along with us in 2016. Join our third annual quilt along by making a quilt, a one block pillow, or all four projects featuring plus sign designs. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quilt along for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun.
Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest to find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more. Visit Pinterest.com backslash APQ Magazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. Uh, if you have been out on the internet and have popped into Sharice Creates uh, website, you are in for uh, a good uh, half hour of deep quilting chatter because Sharice is here and we are going to talk all things amazing and quilty. Sharice Randall, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Oh, Pat, thanks for inviting me. You know, I've been, I think we all stalk your work, um, (laughs) you know, in a good way. (laughs) It's very sweet. Thank you. Now, I didn't know this until we started talking about you coming on here, but uh, you spent a, a lot of years in um, in fashion design and then uh, eventually left that. Uh, did When you when you stopped that, you know, you, that career, um, did you expect to sort of have a second one with quilting? No, it was completely, <laughs> completely by accident. Um about I was just looking at my blog, um, coming looking at the timeline of, of, of my life, and in 2009, my youngest was two, and I decided um, to kind of step away from that career, and it was a fabulous career, 20 years of designing clothes and traveling around the world, but um, I wanted to be at home, and I started my blog, Sharice Creates, as more of a diary for myself as a way to chronicle my family life and um, uh, the beginning of some new creative endeavors. So, yeah, no, it happened completely by chance. So did you actually, like, put out there, like, any? did you chronicle what you were making or did that happen a little bit later? Like, did you, you keep know, track saying, this is quilt bit. number one? Yeah, I, I did a little bit. I was looking back and I had, I, I shared a lot of, you know, family things, which I really don't do now on my blog. It's really all about sewing and quilting. But um, then, yeah, it was, it, there was, there was a little bit. The first year I, there was a smattering of, of uh, sewing projects and I just started, um, I had uh, hadn't sewn for years, you know. I was busy in my career, and I uh, happened across uh, a book, uh, Weekend Sewing by Heather Ross, and I was also following her group on Flickr. She had a fabric group, so people that loved her fabric, which I was one of those. Yeah. Um, I found her book, and that kind of reignited my passion for sewing again. So I was sewing for my boys, and I started sewing for myself. And that kind of led me to um, Flickr and then all the different quilting groups, which I joined a couple of those. Well, so now I don't know if anybody else is finding this funny except for me, but that you bought a book to to make clothing and you're a clothing designer. Well, Um, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So as a clothing designer. Just me? Yeah, no, you don't really sew. I mean, it depends on the kind of designer you are, but I was working for big companies, working for Nordstrom and Eddie Bauer, and my job really was to create the designs, color palettes. I would sketch them and come up with the measurements, and then I would send all that information 
overseas, and then they would send me back a sample. So there is no, absolutely no sewing involved. So right. <laughs> for me, I mean, and, and I do have a sewing background. I've been sewing since I was, you know, in kindergarten. But for me, it was kind of a nice way to ease back into the sewing to sew mm-hmm. somebody else's pattern, if that makes sense. So that was kind of, I know, yeah, you're thinking, well, why didn't you just design it and create it yourself? So it was kind of a nice, easy way to get back into, you know, that my passion, actually. It's, uh, yeah. So how did you like me? I kind of miss Flickr groups just a little bit. Um, they're, they were formulated. They just felt different. And I, I was thinking about that when, when we were getting ready to talk. Because I thought, those Flickr groups, when you went there, you they were very picture-oriented. Um, yeah. And they were all together so that like you could see the gallery of photos so easily. And then you could have your communication area where you had discussions. They were a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Yeah, I definitely miss that format flicker i miss and i i still have my account but i don't i really don't visit as much because nobody really uses it and i i agree that it's it was it's such a nice format because you're able to really keep um especially if you're in quilting groups and i i joined um my first quilting group I joined was The Farmer's Wife years ago. There's another one going yeah. on now, the second book. But um, I also was in a couple of uh, paper piecing bees. And it was so nice because you have your little conversations and then you have your photos. So, yeah, I, I miss it too. And um, I don't – there's really – I mean, Facebook tries – and Instagram is really super popular, but it's really not a really good way of organizing content. But um, yeah. anyhow, yeah, I miss yeah. it too. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a moment of silence for Flickr groups. I know, groups. I know. It makes me feel old though because it's it, you know it's so antiquated now. Technology yeah. is moving so fast. It's like what's next? So, I know. Yeah. It's only like what, like three years ago. It's always know, it's old already. <laughs> a... Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, finding that community, uh, and yeah. because that's what a lot of us do. Who so we've we've gone online uh, once it became available, the internet appeared, yeah. and we we hunt uh, rigorously for people who like to do what we do. You said that you joined some paper piecing groups, which now you're well known for paper piecing. But when you joined those bees, those smaller groups, did you already know how to paper piece? Was it your thing already? No, I. Um... So I was part of the Farmer's Wife uh, uh, Flickr group, Quilting Bee, and um, I met Melinda. uh, She's Quirky Granola Girl, her blog, and she was starting a paper piecing bee. I think I had dabbled a bit. I had found, I don't remember how I found it, but there's a book called, I believe it's called Cups and Saucers, and it had fabulous kind of kitchen-themed paper piecing. So I kind of mm-hmm. started there. I did a few blocks. Melinda started this bee that was was just a paper piecing bee. So that's that's how I got my start. And it was definitely um, a – there's definitely a learning curve. I taught myself how to do it, but I really, really loved it. It's something about it I just love, being able, being able to take an image and make it into a quilt block using fabric. It was – I just loved it. So that um, that really, that bee started my love for paper piecing, which 
I do a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Do you actually do – well, I know you do other things besides, but is that really your go-to form? I mean, will you actually create paper piecing to do a block if it's not done that way normally? You know, it's funny you should mention that because I'm part of your uh, splendid, splendid yes. sampler so long, that I, which I love, which I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But it's funny you should mention it because I can't remember the block, but I did – redraw the block to paper piece it. So yeah, it, depending on the project, if it is paper piecing offers such precision mm-hmm. and I, I personally find it easier than cutting squares and sewing them together. So if I can find a way to paper piece it, then I mm-hmm. will definitely use that technique. Yeah. I always find that interesting for people I meet who that's kind of their go-to method, whereas their yeah. brain, your brain just automatically like turns everything into paper piecing. You look at it right. and you're like, oh, I could do this and do that, whereas mm-hmm. my, my brain doesn't work like that. Mine would be right. like, how could I not, not paper piece this? <laughs> can I not do that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it can be a little bit fussy, but there are some tricks um, and ways to make it easier. And I, I have lots of tutorials on my blog and I think you've shared a lot of them on the uh, Splendid Sample Splendid. blog. So if anybody wants to dip their toes in, I have lots of lots of little tips to share. So, you know, we're going to talk about the Splendid Sampler. We'll do it after the, the break. Um, okay. I want to, maybe you can just give me a, um, a couple of thoughts for a beginner because we have a lot of new people to paper piecing or people who haven't done it very, you know, haven't done it recently or weren't successful with whatever method they had tried. So I think there's a lot of people looking at it new in a new way with new eyes saying, okay, let me just try it again. Um, right. What, what do we have to keep in mind to be, to make it fun? I think, from so I get lots of emails from customers who buy my patterns and and uh, have questions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think they think really the best way to start is to try an easy pattern. And most a lot of my patterns are pretty uh, complicated, but I do have and other people as well will have uh, tutorials. And I have a simple one block, so it's one section. Mm-hmm. And I walk through um, how to how to basically put it together. Uh, so I would say definitely start with an, something easy with mm-hmm. with fewer pieces, and then because basically, really, a more complicated pattern is putting together a series of those simple sim- single blocks. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So start with one, and once you right. feel comfortable with that, then you can you can pretty much do put make anything. And I know there there are a lot of, there are quite a few designers doing paper piecing now, and I've seen some really amazing, complicated, large quilts, but they're just a series of those simple blocks put together. Um, you know, I and I do have some little tricks. I have, you know, I like to use translucent paper, and I have a certain paper that I found that I like, but there's a lot of different papers on the market, but having mm-hmm. the translucency really helps so you can see through ah. to your fabric. And I think that's, want, that might yeah. be a key because a lot of us are doing this like at 10 o'clock at night when we're just grabbing the paper that we have on hand. And yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to paper, see through. 
It's hard to see through, and it's funny because every time I'm looking at copy paper, and it's it's interesting because it's it's only one weight and it's very heavy. And I I I think they used to sell lighter weight copy paper, but I haven't been able to find it. I found a really great vellum paper that I use. I get from Office Depot, but I know there are I think C and T and a couple other companies also uh, produce a paper that has that translucency. And that, that for me, honestly, is I do not, I won't even, if I don't have my paper, I don't even start the project. I will get the paper first. So that is a really, really great um, tool. Uh, if you're using small pieces instead of pinning the, pin, yeah. the fabric to the paper, uh, fabric glue is great. That's a really, really great tool. Um, Hey, Cherise, we're going to take a break, I think, here, okay. and um, then we're going to come back and right. uh, and talk a little bit more about sort of the techniques, and I want to talk about fabric and placement and that kind of stuff, okay? Okay, sounds great. All right, so this is American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and we'll be right back after the break. Choose from more than 100 of your favorite patterns from American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg. Join me for a fun video series called Show Me How, brought to you by Baby Luck. Each month, I'll show you how to complete a simple project from start to finish. Learn new techniques, see tips, and sew a great project with me. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash videos to watch. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com. See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and I'm talking to Cherise Randall, and we are having a paper piecing conversation at the moment. (laughs) So now I know, Cherise, that I have to buy better paper, that that would be more awesome for me. what you know if when when I have this uh, thinner paper, it goes through the printer just the same. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay you so can, trace, but I I put everything through my printer. I I I don't have that much patience, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just wanted to be sure. Um, yeah. So I want to talk about the fabric placement because a lot of people I think cut their fabric. You know, they try and be frugal. They cut it too short. Um, or too small. So, you know, do you eventually get to the point where you really know how to make it, make a frugal cut? Uh, you know, I honestly, I find that I will cut too small of a piece even now after doing it for years now. So it's always good to have at least a half an inch bigger than the actual section that you're paper piecing. 
So that is my recommendation. But yeah, I've I even to this day, I, if I try to be frugal, sometimes I uh, I regret not having given myself a little extra fabric. And then you mentioned glue. Now, are you using, how are you using glue to adhere this to the paper? So I just put a little bit of glue on the back of the pattern. So if you're familiar with paper piecing, you you put your, you sew on the printed side and the fabric goes on the back of the pattern. So everything's uh, reversed. So what I do is I place a little bit of glue on the pattern and then I put the piece of fabric on there uh, to, to adhere it to make sure it stays in place. And that's especially important if you maybe are fussy cutting, so you're taking an element of a fabric, you know, you want a little flower in that particular uh, place on the pattern or another element. So it's really helpful in keeping everything in place. If, If you have a little section that is too small for pins, and sometimes even if you pin something, it will move around and shift. So... So glue is, is is a really nice, nice like a solution. glue stick or a liquid glue. I use a glue stick, and I you know okay. it's funny you mention it because I purchased recently purchased a a glue like a more like an Elmer's glue, like a liquid mm-hmm. glue. I haven't tried it yet, but right now I use glue stick, so and that works really well. Well, I want to talk about fabric placement but we're going to sort of do it and we'll we'll kind of wrap it up with the you know in in the bow of the splendid sampler because jane yeah. davidson and i want to thank you for uh joining us because we both admire your work so much and we wanted to work with you and asked you to design a block for our project and you said yes we were so excited we're like Yay! oh my gosh yes i was so happy you invited me it's been such fun but anyway we'll talk about that later <laughs> yeah no no we can talk about it now yeah okay. so um you know you're you're sewing along um i was just talking to sherry mcconnell in the first uh, segment so her block has already mm-hmm. come out and your block is a little down the road um yeah. but you're you're sewing uh, the blocks for yourself, just like Sherry is and many of the other designers. And all of us are just blown away by your fabric, your fabric. Aww. I mean, just not even know where you place it, but just what you own. You've got amazing yeah, don't, yeah, fabric. Don't tell my husband. No, we just, we just, <laughs> we just moved and he had to help me move all my fabric. And it was, he was Ooh. quite surprised at how much I had. Now I've been collecting fabric for, since I started about five years ago, um, and I tend to like more reproduction, you know, vintage thirties reproduction and happy colors, I'll call them. And, um, so yeah, I've been collecting for a very long time. So yes, I have quite you, a stash. You find all the cutest little things. I mean, when you're <laughs> shopping, you know, do you look at something and say, oh, like I'm looking at a pillow on your site right, right now that has the words Manhattan made. It's like, where did oh. that, why, how did I miss that fabric? That is so cute. Uh, you, do, how do you find this stuff? Yeah, you know, I, I find a lot of my fabrics on Etsy. Um, and I think it has, it, it, most of them are Japanese fabrics. A lot of my fabrics are Japanese. And, and I, I also love their fabulous American designers as well. But uh, the Japanese fabrics I tend to gravitate towards. So, um, you know, I was looking through Etsy. And a lot of the shops I used to purchase for, I purchased from, um, 
I haven't in some time, but if you search Japanese fabric on Etsy, mm-hmm. a lot of cute things will come up. Um, there's also, let me see, Super Buzzy is a really oh, great yeah. online uh, shop. Um, my newest favorite online shop is Sunny Day Supply, and oh. uh, she posts on Instagram. I think that's where I first found her fabrics, but she also has a lot of Japanese fabrics. Um, Some of my other designers, I love Lori Holt's fabrics. She designs for Riley Blake, and they have really a a kind of a vintage feel. Um, And Pam, who's in the Splendid Sam for so long. Oh my gosh, she does Pam Kitty for, I think it's for Lake House. Yes, for Lake I House, yeah. Pam Kitty oh. Morning. That's yes, adorable. <laughs> so yeah, and you know, I if you if you search online for Japanese designers or Japanese fabrics, uh, it's amazing what you can find. So, but but yeah, and by what I do is, if I love a fabric, and and part of the reason I think I have so much is being a fashion designer and sewing clothes. You know, you buy at least a yard or two of fabric. So I stopped doing that. I don't buy a yard. I usually buy a half yard. But it's yeah, that that's a. If you see something you like, buy a half yard, even a quarter yard. If you're using or working in smaller, you know, making quilts and that kind of thing, it's it's often enough to. Uh, so how do how are you storing it? So you've got all these really cute imagey kind of things. Do you store it by color or by image, style? What do you do? I, I store it by color. Okay. I used to store it, kind of, I used to do more by fabric line, but I was finding I was buying more bits and pieces of different designers' fabrics. So I recently, well, this year or last year, I went through my stash and just sorted it all by color. It made a huge difference. It makes it a lot easier for me to find a fabric, though I have been known to lose a fabric before. <laughs> and, and Yes, frantically, like, where does, what happened to that fabric? But uh, You can see I it do, in your head, right? Yes, Therese, you can... yes. Isn't that frustrating? It's like, I, I know. I own fabric. that. I know. Where is it? That's... Uh, I have a small – so I work um, – I haven't had a studio space to sew on for some time, so I, I have a small cabinet, and I keep my very favorite fabrics in. So I go there first, mm-hmm. and then if I can't find what I'm looking for, then I – go to uh to the bigger stash the bigger cabinet so but color yes color works great that's my my go-to and are you making both the splendid sampler and the uh farmer's wife that you're also sewing right now you're like the sampler um queen you're doing both (laughs) of them are you doing them in similar colors i am and you know a lot of my stashes in that those similar kind of the teal red yellow the happy colors. Um, but yeah, they're very sim- similar. They're very similar uh, colors. So th- I don't know. They might, maybe they'll merge. They're the same size box. I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> because you sense. also are sharing, uh, as you're doing the Splendid Sampler ones, you have a layout that you're, you know, sort of dumping an image yeah. in so everybody can kind of see it, how it's going to look. That's kind of fun to do. It is fun. It is fun. And, uh, yeah, I've been really, I've really enjoyed making those blocks. It's fun because I spend a lot of my time designing things, and it's really fun to just sew someone else's pattern. And, um, and the designers 
are fabulous. It's just been so much fun to sew along with everyone. And, and every, every, every block is so different and has its own personality, which also makes it really fun to sew along. And we're, we have blocks that are more simple and blocks that will be more complicated and all the different techniques. Uh, you personally work in all the techniques, right? You like yes. Yeah. yeah. You like embroidery and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's your. Okay, is a new one for me though. And I've really been enjoying it. it it's definitely been a learning curve. And um, you and Jane have, have so many great resources on the Splendid Sampler blog and I've used that and, the designers are really helpful uh, with links. So, but applique has been fun. It's it's a new yeah. one for me. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, yeah, there'll be a little bit more applique because I like applique. So it's like yes, <laughs> it is. It's fun. Um, it's a lot of fun. Okay, so let me um, ask you one more thing because we're getting close here to the end. Um, you have you also have uh, some fun. Uh, accents that you do. I was looking at the ribbons that you used for some little baskets at Easter time. How do you get them on there so perfect? You know what? That actually, it's 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 not a ribbon. What it is oh. is it was a it's a fabric. Um, and I was looking for I made, made baskets for my boys for Easter, and I wanted it as a trim. So what I had done is I cut it in strips. I cut one and a quarter inch strips, then I fold it under a quarter inch on each side, fold it under. And the way I was able to apply it is I measured down from the top of the basket and chalked in a line and then pinned it on so I was sure to get a really nice, even placement around the top. So that's how, yeah, that's how I created that. So, it, yeah, I, it's funny because I was looking for ribbon and I couldn't find it. And I went to my stash, my very <laughs> extensive stash, and saw it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. It so, was yeah. perfect. They're little bunnies for Easter. And oh they're gosh. kind of boy colors, gray and navy, just yeah. really, really cute. Um, you know, Sharice, this has been so much fun for you to um, share. And we, uh, Jane and I, appreciate you working with us also on the Splendid Sampler. It is so great. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been, it, it's been such a fun adventure. And I've met so many wonderful people, you, you and Jane included. So thank you so much for inviting me to the Splendid Sampler and to this podcast. Yep. And so everybody can go and visit you at sharicecreates.blogspot.com and be a fan just like I am. Thank you, Sharice. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> this is American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. We'll be right back. Looking for fresh, simple, and fun projects and ideas? Check out the current issue of Quilts and More magazine at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ Magazine. See our editors share their tips, ideas, and techniques by visiting allpeoplequilt.com and clicking on videos. Take an ultimate shop hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler. Available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. 
I have been so fascinated by Barbara Klein's quilts for a long time. She is so clever and she makes things that uh, look complicated but are never complicated. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, some template work and her new book and it's going to be super exciting. So hi, Barbara. Hello, Pat. It's good to talk to you again. I know you are. You are just the most clever, clever person uh, when it comes to blocks. Um, so you know you're you have a background of quilt making because your family, like, how far back has have people been quilting in your family? Oh, uh, many generations, many, many, many more than five. That I, I mean, I know of five offhand, but I'm sure it goes on back beyond that. Uh, you know, when you um, were growing up, you you grew up in a Mennonite family, and was the quilting just sort of what people did, or was it presented in some sort of, like, art way of making art? I mean, how did that work for you as a kid? Uh, for me, uh, it was... Um, Throughout the generations, the uh, it was a part of their lifestyle. I mean, they made quilts to keep warm, and uh, but then for me coming along, my parents owned a fabric store, and so for me, it it started diving into more of the artwork and the fun of it and the excitement of piecing quilts. Yeah, you know, I really think that that shows in your work, Barbara, because it, you know. You look. You seem to look at things, and your mind just must have like a kaleidoscope going on inside. <laughs> uh, well, it, it does keep running, I must say, <laughs> but it might come to an end. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, did you ever make like traditional quilts, or did you sort of start out right away since you were exposed to so many quilts mm. and so much fabric? Were you making sort of unique things early on? No, I I started out traditional um, okay. because, yeah, I would follow patterns and uh, start that way. And then I guess my love of piecing just started to grow and I kept going. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're, this is your fourth book. It's called Amazingly Simple Triangle Stars. And the subtitle I just love is Deceptively Easy Quilts from One Block. I mean, I cannot even... I mean, you have to get the book and look through it because it's hard to vision how you're getting one, you know, that one block is making like 10,000 variations. Yes, I'm so excited about this book uh, because it is just that one block. And from this one block, you can make diamonds, circles, pinwheels, stars, boxes, and cubes. And it and the way you get this from this one block is by changing the colors of the fabric. It sounds kind of impossible, but it works. <laughs> so let's talk about that a bit because I think your fabric choice might be super key to the to these qu these quilts. Mhm. Yes, it is. And um when picking out my fabrics, often what I do is I will go with what I call a main fabric or a focus fabric that has many colors in it, and mm -hmm. then I will build around choosing my fabrics from this focus fabric. And values play into that, so I have to be able to choose the right value so that if it's um, uh, beside 
a fabric that I want to really show up, I got to make sure that that value is is completely different than the value that's beside that next fabric. So, like in in the case of this particular book, um, you have what almost looks like um, bias outlines, but it's actually pieced um, so that things are outlined with a different color, and that's what you mean about the contrast, right? Right. Right. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, to and to, choosing fabrics that are uh, not quite as more tone-on-tone uh, tone prints instead of mm-hmm. bright, big, bold fabrics, that then I'll lose my design if I choose fabrics in that uh, way. Right, because, you know, if people think about it, like if you were to to have this outline around like a large floral, it would be hard to – because florals have like a lot of different colors. So it would be hard to pick a fabric that we wouldn't blend into, right? Right, right, mm-hmm, right. So one of the things I love is how you – like I'm looking at in here, the one is called windmill storm and that's where I think it looks like more like a pinwheel and that's what you, right. ca- you know, you called it, but it's amazing how you thought through the colors. Do you take and, and like a, a diagram and color it in? How do you oh, figure out, how do you figure I, this out, I Barbara? Quilt program. <laughs> I have an electric quilt program so I can just throw in fabrics, um, and I usually use what is in the quilt program. I don't put in my fabrics, but mm. when I when I see the picture, I can kind of tell what needs to happen. Uh, but for instance, this particular pattern, I had chose um, the fabrics, brought them home, and started piecing, and I lost one of my pinwheels. Oh <laughs> and no! So I trashed that and dug in my stash and found the fabric I needed and Mm -hmm. so I don't always get it right the first time sometimes I have to change out I love that that you don't always get it those are called orphan blocks right that's right Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh they're the ones I usually will uh when I'm getting ready to quilt I will uh play around with my quilting design on that on that particular block yeah oh okay oh that's a good eye that's yeah. a good idea. So you use the orphan block to sort of test out your quilting design? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Let's change gears one second because I want to talk about templates. You are okay. like an expert. Um, certain blocks, you know, have to be done, you know, with a little bit of extra um, things. You can't just always rotary cut everything to get to get right. a look. Mm-hmm. So. What are some tips for people who aren't used to using templates for block, you know, cutting out the block Mm -hmm. parts? Um, There is, um, when I make a template, I will use like um, a transparent contact paper that will go over a copy of the template. Mm -hmm. And um, when I cut it out then, I am cutting off the black line around the template and the reason for that is when I go to use this template I am not using the edge of the template with the ruler I'm Mm -hmm. using the quarter inch line in now that might sound a little difficult and hard to comprehend but if you Mm -hmm. go to my blog there's a there's a clip on there um, explaining that under videos Okay. okay under the videos Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a tab at the top 
up at the top that says videos, and you can click on that, and that gives you a real um, clear understanding of how I do it. Yeah. So when when you cut out things like for uh, this is a repeat block, but the colorations and the setting of them is super important to show the final quilt. How do you organize this as you're working? Do you have baskets? Do you always just go to the design wall? Well, my design wall is my floor because oh. <laughs> I don't have Barbara, room for the design that's... wall. <laughs> and it's really a place where my throughout the years my children would just walk over my quilts because it was a main walkway. And that did not bother me because I wanted to be where my family and children are. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, my design wall is my floor. But, yeah, just placing them on the floor picking them up, changing them around and rotating them to make it turn out right. (laughs) Make it turn right. So you don't, um, so you are real visual with it then. You need to see it as it, as you build it. Mm -hmm. And that is why um, I feel like my publisher C&T has treated, has done so well because I will tell them I want a picture of this, this and this. And they, they are really good with making um, the directions clear and plain. Right. The books, your books do have gorgeous directions. I think they're very, very easy to follow so that you can sort of get it right away. And plus you have incredible diagrams that show lining things up and it's um, good job. Good job. Well, thank you. <laughs> and thank you, C&T. <laughs> Yes. Now, in the book, you have some little um, sidebars. Uh, I saw a couple of them called Life Lessons. What what are Mm -hmm. those about sprinkled through your book? Um, I have them in all four of the books, and um, I have different people writing them. The first book, I wrote them. The second one, my sisters and daughters wrote them. And my fourth book, my aunts and cousins. And this last book, my quilting friends wrote them. And they have to do with quilting, and it's something that they have learned through their quilting life, um, just a lesson. And um, they're just, I enjoy reading the life lessons that um, everybody has wrote. Just very fascinating. I love the stories too, Barbara. That's um, might might be why I do a radio show. Uh, that's like <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love to hear uh, how th- people think and how they feel about their work. Um, mm-hmm. So this is so cool. We have like about I don't know, probably less than a minute. Just tell me about your retreat. You guys, uh, your family does a a big retreat every year for quilting, right? And. Um, that is a highlight of our sewing year, and we do it, we include the nieces, and so uh, by doing that, it has um, made our family, that intergenerational uh, experience has been fantastic. I know my nieces in a way that I'd have never knew them before if we would, would have not done the sewing retreat. And um, it's about a 10 days. It started out small, a few days, and grew into 10 days. And um, we usually get a large vacational rental house, and um, and we get it off-season. And so it costs us roughly about $14 a night, which is fantastic. 
And uh, but we go in and we get that living room and we move tables, bring tables in, and change out the whole place. <laughs> oh, Barbara, that just sounds so fantastic, and I am so glad that you could uh, come and join me today. Well, it has been a delight to be on your show again. So everybody visit Barbara at DelightfulPiecing.com. And uh, we thank you for being here uh, today, listening to the show. Uh, Visit AllPeopleQuilt.com and visit me at PatSloan.com. See you next week. Remember to visit AllPeopleQuilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. 